Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Ephesians is a book filled with marvelous spiritual facts. It reveals the mystery of the will of God. Yet, to many people, even Christians, Ephesians is a closed book. Though they read it and understand the words, they do not gain the vision that is conveyed in this book. That's because to see spiritual truth and reality is different from mere mental comprehension. And it's why the Apostle prayed so earnestly in the first chapter that the readers would have all the necessary tools to see and enter into the vision that he is presenting in this letter. Listen as he prays in verse 17 and 18 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of Him, the eyes of your heart having been enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Dick Taylor has joined us today for another life study from Ephesians. Uh, wonderful matter before us today, isn't it, Dick? Surely is, Chris. And like you said, this is a marvelous book filled with many, many spiritual facts. And we just have to thank the Lord over and over again for bringing us under this ministry that all these facts would be opened and unveiled to us. What a precious mercy to us. Yeah. You know, just reading these verses again uh, just now, Dick, I'm impressed how much we need the Lord's mercy if we are to have anything more than just a superficial understanding of God's Word, especially in a book like this one, it's one thing to understand. We read the words, we read the sentences, and we can uh, tell someone what we read. But it's really something else to get genuine light, revelation in the Word, isn't it? It really is, Chris. And, you know, I was thinking of like a verse like chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, yes. who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. You may read a verse like that many, many, many times, never appreciate what are these blessings. And you realize these blessings turn out to be he himself and his divine trinity dispensing himself into us to bless us with his very person, this is marvelous. And then, like this verse that we'll touch uh, in this broadcast, chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Right. Many times you may just read this, and you may be like an unregenerated Jew who just looks at this and just says, this is God. Maybe we're a Christian and we say the same thing, but even this is full of of revelation. There's spiritual facts just in his name. That's right. But may we really see and have the full understanding and revelation of his precious name. 
Dick, an excellent uh, introduction, really, to the first segment today. We're going to take just this phrase, just this amount you quoted, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and see it opened up and really unveiled to give all of our listeners uh, and ourselves a glimpse at the real vision that is contained in these few precious words. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Witness Lee. In this portion of chapter 1, of Ephesians is the apostle's first prayer. He prayed to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and also to the Father of glory. It's quite meaningful. Just by this title here, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, you have five big things in play. Creation, incarnation, redemption, regeneration, and expression. Before creation, there was nothing but merely God. Just God himself without anything. Without the heaven, without the earth, without even a a little end. Not only so, he didn't have any expression. Then creation came in. God in his creation became the creator. Then, following creation, one more step happened. That is incarnation. The very creating God, the creator, got into his creature, got into man. This incarnation brought God into man. When Jesus was working on this earth, God is there, and man is there, and God is right in man. The creator was right in the creature. And that was incarnation. And then he went to the cross. And the third step happened. Crucifixion. Accomplishing redemption. Then we the creature who got fallen, we were redeemed. Then we were regenerated. Becoming the sons of God the Father. And someday will come, we will be glorified. God will be fully expressed from within us. So we will become His expression. Now you can see creation, incarnation, redemption, regeneration, and expression. All these five big steps are implied in this title. Well, Dick, what a wonderful graphic illustration of the very point you and I were trying to make as we were visiting a minute ago before this segment was played uh, as to how, if our eyes are opened, if our the eyes of our heart really have been enlightened, as Paul prayed, uh, what a difference touching a portion of Scripture that seems even simple and one that we would typically take for granted. Look, look at all that's here, these five big items implied in this portion. Why don't you touch these five for us? This is really enlightening, and it yes. just, I mean, you look at this title, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, all that's implied, but we could just say God. We could just think of maybe creation. Mm-hmm. But here we see five big items, and I like what our brother Lee mentioned, five big steps, because when you have the title God, surely it implies God the Creator. But then... Uh, you have the title Jesus. 
indicating God the Creator became a creature. And this is incarnation. What a big step that the infinite God became a finite man. What do we say about this? Hallelujah! (laughs) And then, uh, redemption. Surely this is implied with the name Jesus Christ. Right. Because even Christ means the anointed one and appointed one to carry out God's economy and God's purpose. So he's the very God who's the creator who became a creature in order to die for us to accomplish an all-inclusive redemption. Hmm. So what a huge step. What can we say about this step? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then what do we see? Then we see the title Father. And Father surely implies that this one gives life to us, his sons. Not only is Jesus Christ a son to the Father, but also we who have been regenerated by him through Christ as the life-giving spirit. Now we have received the very life of God, and we can call God our Father. Wow. (laughs) What can we say about that except? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then the last point is expression related to the word glory. That's right. So when this God, who's the creator, who became a creature and accomplished an all-inclusive redemption, became a life-giving spirit so that he could be our regenerating father, he makes us by dispensing himself into us, his expression. He's the father of glory. And this glory is not just himself, but now himself dispensed and distributed into us. So these five big items are five big steps that our God has taken to carry out his heart's desire and to make us his expression. Decca, it was not enough for the Apostle Paul that he would have such a view, such a revelation. But as we continue on in this verse, the next phrase really opens up his heart that we, all the believers, all the children of God, would be brought into the same spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen. So he prayed, may give you a spirit Spirit of wisdom wisdom and and revelation. revelation. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory. It was to such a God that the Apostle Paul prayed. His prayer was for revelation. What is a revelation? According to the Greek word, the revelation is the opening of the veil. The unveiling. This is revelation. To have such a revelation, you need a spirit of Wisdom and revelation. The spirit here means the mingled spirit. It is not just our human regenerated spirit, but also the indwelling Holy Spirit. Such a spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom in the Bible always is something deeper than cleverness. Wisdom is mainly, according to the Bible, in our spirit. We need to be wise in our spirit. Don't be that clever in your mind. But sorry to say, some among you are too clever. You are too clever in your mind. Yet, you are not wise in your spirit. So, 
You need the Apostle Paul to pray for you. <laughs> then, revelation. First, the uh, wisdom. Then secondly, the unveiling. Let me illustrate it this way. Many of you are studying engineering, right? Firstly, you need to pick up the knowledge of certain machines. And that knowledge may be considered as the wisdom. Then, you'll be brought to a factory. And the factory's door will be open. And this is the revelation. When you see the machines, right away you understand, bit by bit. Because you have the wisdom already. I suppose I never studied the engineering, the things concerning the machines. If I go with you, the doors are open to all of us, but you have the knowledge to know the machines. I even see the machines. I don't know a bit. I have the revelation, but I'm short of wisdom. You see the point? Today, with the spiritual things, you need the wisdom. Then, you need the opening of the will. You need the ability to understand the spiritual things. You also need the unveiling, the opening of the will. Dick, a wonderful sequence here as he presented. In Paul's prayer, really these two things are, are critical, wisdom and revelation. How about this example he gave of an engineering student and uh, gaining the knowledge first in the learning, in the classroom, in the books, but when that's coupled with the revelation, when the doors of the factory are, are open and all these machines he's been studying come into view for the first time, then all of a sudden now there's the capacity for something more than just uh, superficial knowledge, isn't there? Really true. So that's why it's marvelous to have this phrase, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Our brother has mentioned in a life study that... Um, the wisdom is really related to our regenerated spirit, and the unveiling is really of the Holy Spirit who's within our spirit. Uh -huh. So together we have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Our mingled spirit being exercised affords us a way not just to be clever people in our mind, but genuinely wise, and one with the Lord who is the only wise God. And at the same time, it affords us a way to be one with the Holy Spirit who wants to grant us the real understanding by opening the veils, mm. taking the veils away. So we wouldn't just study engineering, but we would also enter into the factory and see all the machines that we're studying about. So I just appreciate even the insight into this verse, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. May we be those, not just clever people in our mind, but exercising our spirit and always opening to the Lord. Yes. Calling on him. Right. Oh, Lord, grant me light as I come to you in your word, that we would not just be students in the classroom, but we would be those who enter into the factory to enjoy the enlightenment and the unveiling and the taking away of the veil, that we might have a genuine experience of wisdom and revelation. Dick, you had a lot of years of firsthand experience with Brother Witness Lee. Right. And uh, I would say in the limited but still uh, considerable time that I was able to uh, watch him in action, so to speak, you had the sense that there was someone here when he approached the Word of God was never satisfied just with the reading on first take. There was always a kind of probing 
always a desperateness that the Lord would really take him into the depths of the matter. And it's very similar to Watchman Nee has a book that we've talked about before called How to Study the Bible. He makes many of these very same points. And of course, uh, I think Witness Lee learned very much from his years with Watchman Nee in China of the same thing, that we should just not allow the Lord to uh, leave us with just this shallow, superficial understanding when we come to his word. But each time, with an exercise, with a spirit of prayer, and with an openness, and with a lot of things that we're going to touch practically in this final segment today, we really need the Lord to unveil and grant us this wisdom in our mingled spirit that the word would take on uh, this characteristic, don't you think? Really true, Chris. And when I look at Brother Lee, I, I observed a person who was certainly very intelligent, but he did not live just by his natural intelligence. He really practiced to exercise his spirit and to enjoy the wisdom that's related to his regenerated spirit. And always there was a seeking, like you said, any time he came to the word, Lord, I need more light. I need you. Open up this passage. So he not only was the student in the engineering class exercising his spirit. But he was always opening to the Lord that the veil could be taken away. He could actually see mm. further what he was studying about, that there could be a real enjoyment of wisdom and revelation. Let's finish the reading again as we prepare for this final segment. Now we conclude verse 17 and join it to verse 18, because as, as marvelous as what we have heard is, this spirit of wisdom and revelation, Paul doesn't stop here. This brings us to the full knowledge of him, of Christ. The full knowledge, not a shallow, superficial knowledge. Praise the Lord. But the full knowledge. Amen. Then verse 18, the eyes of your heart having been enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And this matter of the eyes of our heart being enlightened, I think will touch every single listener that stays with us in this last section. Let's go to Witness Lee. When you have the wisdom, the ability to know the spiritual things, plus the opening of the will, then you will have the full knowledge of God. But listen, this is not all. Even you have the wisdom and you have the opening of the veil, still you don't see something. Why? Because <laughs> your eyes are not so good. So we come to the eyes of our heart. These are the eyes not of the body. Physical eyes, no. These are the eyes of the heart. The spiritual eyes. In uh, Revelation 3.18, the Lord Jesus counseled that we have to buy, to buy the eyes of, because our eyes are blind. The main problem with us is our eyes. If you are going to have your eyes of your heart seen, number one, you need an open spirit with a purified conscience. Purified not only by the sprinkling of the redeeming blood, but also by your confession, by your dealing with your mistakes, with your sins, with your offenses. You must make yourself so clear in your conscience. Number two, you must have a pure heart. Matthew says, Blessed are those whose heart 
is pure. That they may see God. A pure heart is for a spiritual seal. And a pure heart is composed with three things. A sober mind, a loving emotion, and submissive will. Such a heart plus an open spirit with a pure conscience. Your eyes within could see. Well, Dick, two big things here that I think we can easily uh, conclude the program with. They're so critical, so important, and both very subjective and experiential, aren't they? They really are. We have the purified conscience, and here he pointed out a couple of specific things. First, of course, the blood, the shed blood to deal with our offenses and sins. But the matter of confession, I'd like you to talk about that in very practical terms for our listeners. And then secondly, a pure heart that leads to a kind of seeing uh, I like, uh, Chris, how he mentioned, firstly, we need an open spirit. Yes. Of course, part of an open spirit is having a purified conscience. To have a purified conscience is to have a conscience that is void of offense, so that all the things that are problems between us and the Lord, right. between us and each other, uh-huh. all the offenses have been taken care of. Otherwise, we cannot see. This is related to the eyes of our heart. So like he said, we may have the wisdom, we may have the opening of the veil, but what about our eyes? So the most critical thing related to our inner eyes is we would have an open spirit with a purified conscience, meaning we are aggressive and active to what? Get things cleared up between us and the Lord and between us and others that we might enjoy a purified conscience. Like Paul said, I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense. And surely he had inner eyes that were really full of light. Again, didn't he say between God and man? Toward God, Toward God and, and man. man. That's right. right. So surely our brother was full of the Lord's divine shining. And uh, he was fully an enlightened person related to God's economy. And then secondly, we need this pure and loving heart. I appreciate that. Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So our heart is for loving. But I like this phrase, pure heart, because that means we love only one person. We have one love, and that is Christ himself. In fact, I think it's good, even at this point in the broadcast, if we would all together just say, Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. And we love you, Lord, exclusively. Mm. That's to love with a pure heart. And also he mentioned that to love with a pure heart includes having a sober mind, right. a loving emotion, and a, sub- and a submissive will. will. So all of these are very enlightening factors. As we come to the Lord, our brother mentions our minds, in a sense, should be cold. But our emotions should be very hot. Our minds should not be active apart from the Lord, but open to the Lord, so that the Lord could impress us with his understanding and enlightenment. And then our emotion would always be hot and burning in love. Lord, I love you. And yet our will would be so soft, so soft and tender to say, Amen, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And I appreciate, like he referred to Revelation 3.18, Oh, I counsel you to buy from me, I say, I say. In conclusion, I'd like to say, how about we all pay the price to buy the ISAV 
so that we could be those who have an open spirit with a purified conscience, a pure and loving heart with all these three ingredients, that we could really be those who have the eyes of our heart enlightened. Amen. I treasure our fellowship today, Dick. Amen, Brother Chris. And we hope you uh, have not only just enjoyed it, but really benefited from it. And uh, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to get this printed material into your hands. We have many writings, really, in the wealth of uh, uh, Living Stream Ministry uh, that touch a lot of these practical life practice matters that can help us have an open spirit with a purified conscience and a pure heart with these uh, these qualities of a sober mind, right, and a loving emotion and a submissive will. Amen. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to get in touch with us, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Where you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or simply send email to radio at lsm.org. Please, we hope you'll join us again tomorrow. We'll wrap up this third week of our Life Study of Ephesians with another marvelous program. And today for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Well. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.